0: again with a special update to our December 2018 episode of our podcast, Star Trek Age of Discovery. I'm Adele Austin Anderson.
1: And I'm Gary Anderson.
0: And we're a married couple who are longtime fans of Star Trek. So for today's podcast, we'll talk about a few more details we've encountered on the Picard series from a recent Entertainment Weekly article. We'll also provide a detailed discussion of the final Season 2 trailer for Discovery, as well as as be- as well as a behind-the-scenes trailer. We'll also include some excerpts from interviews of Discovery pr- production staff and cast members.
1: Okay, let's start off with the Picard series. As we've stated in the previous episodes of the pod, um, the as-yet-untitled Star Trek series dealing with John Luke Picard will be set 20 years in the f- future after the events of the Star Trek Nemesis the final the next generation film the series is going to de- um, debut sometime in what we call the last quarter of 299 2019 nine, 2019 excuse me which is October, November or December Filming will take place in California instead of Toronto. And in the recent Entertainment Weekly interview, executive producer Alex Kirksman stated that that the series will have a different rhythm than Discovery. Um, To quote him, he said, Picard is a very contemplative show. People have so many questions about Picard and what what happened to him, and the idea we get is to take time to answer those questions in the wake of many, many things he's had to deal with in Next Gen. is really interesting. More grounded is not the right way to put it because Season 2 of Discovery is also grounded. It will feel more real world um, if, they're, if that's the right way to put it. So from those comments, um, I get an idea or I envision the show Uh, More in the mode of uh, some of the several Picard-centric episodes of Next Generation. Basically what I'm talking about is the ones that really kind of focused on a topic or engagement. Um, Specifically, Darmok, the second episode in Season 5 where Picard has to struggle to establish meaningful communication with a member of an alien race that speaks in metaphor and shared communal experiences. That whole episode is about how we engage one another, how we talk to one another, how we share experiences, how we get points across, how we basically communicate. And although there's not a lot of action in the episode, it's a really compelling episode. Um, Another episode similar to this is episode 25 from the same season, The Inner Light. And fans may remember that that's where Picard is struck unconscious by an energy beam and then goes off to live 40-year life as a chemist or a scientist called Cayman of a completely different race of people on some class M planet where he has a wife and a family and he eventually dies. And when Cayman dies, that's when Picard reawakes in our universe and and it's only been a few minutes have passed. Um, or it could be like Tapestry, the 15th episode from season six, where Picard is fatally injured on an away mission and Q comes to him in his final moments to help him examine a crucial experience from his past and the impact it's had throughout his life. I mean, I could I could go on with examples Similar episodes like Family, the episode right after they deal with the Borg attempted invasion of Earth, or we could talk about part two of Chain of Command, where he and David Warner, uh, uh, another RSC former actor, have a fantastic conversation about um, life dealing with um, Warner playing a Cardassian, imprisoning uh, Picard. All these all these are designed around engaging the audience, us, and allowing us to look deeply at the human experience, what factors into who we are and how we engage with one another. Um, the self-described contemplative series, as the way Kurtzman put it, is such that I, th- that I think can be easily shaped by somebody like Michael Chambon, who we know is the showrunner for that series, and who also was the writer of the second Short Trek episode, Calypso, which I really enjoyed. You can see how a series that's less reliant on special effects and complex technology could really be something that could come from him and, be, and still be engaging. Instead, it could become one, uh, a, a series that unfolds before us as an engaging and thoughtful study of humanity. And I think that would be something I, I would find really exciting and a unique thing in the Star Trek um, universe. Now, granted, all of this is just speculation on my part. I'm not tied into the folks at CBS All Access. But I am intrigued by the possibilities, and I think, that that, I think to me, this sounds like an exciting new direction. If the Picard, if the Picard series is well-written, directed, and acted as those episodes that I just described, it could be a welcome addition to the franchise. So, let's talk about, instead, the recent trailer of Star Trek Discovery, which was released on December 13th.
0: Yeah, so, uh, the la- latest trailer is about two minutes in length, but is packed with quite a bit of information. So, it starts over... Uh, so, it starts... Actually, with a voiceover uh, from Spock. And he says, there is a great responsibility at hand. Then there's an the opening shot of Discovery traveling through red-orange-looking clouds. Spock, uh, you then see Spock in a confined room drawn on the floor of what appears to be a galactic map. Then you see Burnham standing alone on a rocky landscape with a phaser in hand now in that uh, shot you'll notice that she's wearing high boots and uh, and an overcoat um, and a short skirt like um, outfit that is reminiscent of the short skirt uniforms worn by Starfleet women uh, on the original series Then, in the next shot, you see Laurel and Tyler sporting full heads of hair, and they're in a violent fight with two bald Klingons. Now, showrunners have said Klingons are bald during time of war and allow their hair to grow out during peacetime. Obviously, there is a difference of opinion on the current state of, of affairs in the Klingon empire, as one can see by this shot. Then you have Spock's voiceover again, where he says, this could be the defining moment for multiple civilizations, millions of lives. The future could be determined by our actions, yours and mine. And then Burnham says, we really are on the other side of the looking glass now, aren't we?
1: Picking up from there, we have a voiceover of Pike, as he's coming down one of the corridors in the in Discovery with Saru and Burnham in tow, where he says we are investigating seven red bursts, which typically herald the arrival of a being we call the Red Angel. Uh, Spock then seems to be talking to Admiral Cornwall. In another shot, which says this angel shows me an apocalyptic vision. Someone or something is going to end all sentient life in the galaxy. Next shot is a quick glimpse of the discovery confronting a large red cloud or nebula. Next thing we see is a secu- is a security team um, lined up in um, the, the uh, hangar bay in f- with phasers drawn on a beam exiting a shuttlecraft. That person is revealed to be Mira Giorgio who has taken on the identity of Captain Giorgio from the prime universe. Pike says Captain Giorgio. Then the the diminutive Giorgio responds quite a welcome. She is revealed to have joined Section 31, something that had been heralded to us from the deleted scene from episode 15 of last season and th- she seems to be revealing it quite openly. To Pike and Burnham as they walk down a corridor, which is kind of odd considering the fact that that's not something that we're that everybody's supposed to know about.
0: Right, right, and that's because um, Section Thirty-One, at least. You know, what you know about it from um, Deep Space Nine. And and
1: Star Trek Enterprise.
0: Is that it's a covert ops agency that Starfleet will not confirm or deny its existence.
1: Right, right. Next shot we see is an inky black...
0: Yeah, it's an inky black uh, menacing, uh, seemingly non-corporeal being. and, And this being appears before Saru, who is chained to a wall of what appears to be the interior of a spaceship. Then you see, uh, in another shot, you see Tyler dressed in a Starfleet uniform, and he says it is Section 31's position. The Red Angel should be considered dangerous. You next see a shot of crew members in spacesuits on a desolate planet, or it's an asteroid. Uh, then you see Spot dresses as if he's in a mental ward and, uh, there he inca- incapacitates, uh, a medical officer with a Vulcan pinch. In another shot, you see Tilly violently overtaken by the same... Uh, type of black alien that we saw earlier with Saru.
1: Well, we, sus- we, we, we question whether that is, but it definitely does look like it's similar.
0: It looks like it's similar, right. And then you hear a voiceover of Tyler who says, we are in the middle of a fight for the future. And then you see a shot of Pike looking at Tyler saying, Mr. Tyler, we are always in a fight for the future.
1: Next, we hear a warning from Lieutenant Detmer as she turns around to warn Captain Pike that Captain, 10 sentry ships on an intercept course.
0: And the sentry ships are Starfleet
1: right. vessels. Right, 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 right. There's then a shot of a hooded figure who has beamed into some location with a device that's f- hovering over her right shoulder. We think that this hooded figure is Giorgio because in earlier um, trailers we've seen a scene where her face, she's pulled the hood back and her face has gone from being an alien to be revealed to be um, mirror Giorgio. Mm-hmm. Another clip from that asteroid field that we've seen before, where there are two figures in spacesuits tumbling, tumbling carelessly towards one another, and then they finally grab onto one another. In mid space. Go ahead. Burnham's also has a voice over here. Then then it's a close up on her uh, where she is very passionately saying, I risked everything for you. We're not clear who she's talking with, but the way the scene is shot, the next face we see is, is Spock's, who responds to her. You assume every burden is your own. And again, those scenes don't look as if they're the same scene.
0: They don't look like the same scene. So it could be just a, a red herring in some right, ways. Right. And that you think that she's talking to Spock. But I mean, it could be Giorgio. It if, could be. In
1: fact, both yeah. of them could be talking to two different people. But the way it looks, they seem to be having a conversation amongst between themselves. Then there's a voiceover from Saru, which says Discovery will not allow a catastrophe on her watch. And finally we see Giorgio delivering a flying kick to Burnham's head in some, in some corridor somewhere. There are intermittent shots of Lieutenant Stamets and Tilly intently working on a project in engineering. And then finally Stamets, um, then there's a seems to be some kind of um, phasing the, uh, field that comes through the ship. And Stamets says to Burnham, it worked. I mean, of course it worked. And mm-hmm. she, gives him, she gives him much shade after that.
0: Right, right. And, and after, after that scene, uh, there are intermittent space action scenes. And you hear Pike say, Lord knows what's waiting for us out there. Be bold. And then there are shots, which I want to describe in a minute. He says, be brave and be courageous. So several characters uh, appear to be in danger. Spock and Burnham uh, are on a shuttlecraft that is caught in the wake of an explosion. Tilly has a contraption in her hand being pushed forci- and is being pushed forcibly back by the force of something unseen. And then you see Tyler and Burnham you know, locking lips. Spock says, Captain, we are riding into danger. And Pike uh, replies, Is that a smile I see on your face? And Spock says, Yes. Then Pike uh, uh, says, Welcome to Discovery. And then Maximum Warp. You then see another shot of Burnham in danger. And we get a a shot of Saru with his sister, Serana, who is stopped in their tracks by something ahead of them that they fear. Then the last shot of the trailer um, is a field, something similar. We don't know if it's a force field or what kind of field it is, but it's something similar to whatever Stamets has been working on in engineering. It comes phasing through the bridge of the ship, pushing uh, anyone who is in its way out of the
1: way. Right. So it's, you know, difficult based on the editing to tell whether or not these scenes are truly chronological order or in some other form of editing together for the benefit of the drama. I mean, we can't really make that. It looks very dramatic. It looks very good. But some of these sequences, specifically some of the dialogue that we've talked about, that seems to be delivered to one character may not actually be delivered to that character at all, may be delivered to another character. Also, we can't really tell if the importance given to each character in the trailer is representative of how much importance they will have in the season's story arc. So, right at this point, we it seems as if Spock's going to play a larger role than what we've assumed beforehand. Still, I think we can cite some major takeaways about this upcoming season.
0: Yeah, so, uh, so let's look at Burnham first. Um, As stated, uh, when we went to the Fan Expo and we uh, saw the panel on Discovery, uh, it was stated that Michael Burnham will continue to serve as the heart of the series. Through her, all the major characters, the storylines, and the themes are connected.
1: Secondly, Giorgio if we would look at her, as, as I said before, as it was pointed out in that deleted scene from episode 15, Giorgio joins section 31. We have that confirmed. Um, the only thing is that, like I said, in previous series, Enterprise and DS9, there's been no common knowledge of this secretive bureau's existence. In fact, when officials have been asked, as Adele said, they've refused to deny or confirm its existence. So the, the, here we have Pike, who seems to be aware of them and exactly what they, they deal with and is speaking freely about it in front of Burnham. So the question is the question is, maybe does he have some engagement with Section 31, or is or something else going on there? Also, um, in the sequence of the trailer scenes, we, we see depicted a very devious looking Mirror Giorgio, who continuing her masquerade as Captain Filippa Giorgio from the Prime Universe. She seems to relish in her n- new position and her th- new authority. Um, that swift kick that she gives to Burnham should remove any doubt that Burnham is of any, has any allegiance. Should have any allegiance to Giorgio since obviously there's something that goes down that morally she can't agree with. And Giorgio, as we know, because of who she is, has an insatiable appetite for power.
0: That's right. Spock. Uh, the well known Vulcan appears to be much more integral to the season's narrative arc than revealed in earlier trailers or through production staff interviews. Previously, we learn that the Red Angel first appeared to Spock when he was a child. Then, as an adult and a crew member on the Starship Enterprise, it is reported that he has disappeared with the assumption that this absence is somehow tied to the Red Angel. Although adopted into his family, Burnham is shown to have a strong inherent connection to her brother, Yet Spock's accusation, and this is, you know, my belief, uh, that you, Burnham, assume every burden is yours alone, that line to me, you know, which, again, I believe that Spock is delivering to Burnham, uh, reveals a deep-rooted tension between the two.
1: Okay. So the next character we want to look at is Christopher Pike who is familiar to longtime fans of the franchise. In earlier trailers, we've learned his assumption of the captain's chair on Discovery um, is a surprise to, to the crew, especially the Saru, who had anticipated becoming captain of the Discovery himself and had been doing it when they were in the Mirror Universe and since returning to the Prime Universe. However, subsequent scenes seem to show the crew is quickly adapted to Pike's uh, command and follows his orders without hesitation, which stands to reason in regards to his abilities as a Starfleet captain, we have been told previously. Right,
0: we've been told that that's that's true to who his character... And it's
1: good to see that that's evident in this show. I mean, they were able to follow up on that.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. The next character is Saru. So as we predicted in our previous podcast based on the short trek, The Brightest Star, Saru does have the opportunity to return to his home planet and is reunited with his sister, Siriana. Although we do not know the circumstance that allowed him to disregard the original directive that forbade contact with his home world and... The Kelpian people. In the shot where Saru is held captive, I'm assuming that the black threatening alien that one sees in that shot is of the is one of the ball, the species with a taste for Kelpian as part of their preferred cuisine. <laughs> 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 in fact, this scene may show the first time Ceru has ever seen this long time foe and exploiter of his people.
1: Yeah. Okay, next up, Tyler. <laughs> Unlike earlier episodes, Tyler is featured prominently in this last um, version of the trailers. We we see we see him first he is fighting for his life alongside Laurel and then however in subsequent episodes he appears in a discovery uniform. And he speaks knowingly about motivations of St- Section 31 and other aspects of Starfleet. Um, he Later on, we see him involved in a passionate kiss with Burnham. Uh, so one can wonder why Starfleet has accepted this half-Klingon, half half-human back into their ranks after being discharged uh, following the discovery of his true identity.
0: And then there's, of course, Laurel. It's no surprise one of the scenes depicted Laurel fighting for her life against other Klingons. When you consider how Laurel became Chancellor of the Klingon Empire, assassination attempt appeared to be more than likely. In an interview with the website IGN, executive producer Alex Kurtzman said, we're mirroring so much of what is happening in our world now and what she's dealing with is what every woman who's in a position like that and not in a position like that is dealing with when it comes to the way they are living in a patriarchy so very much that is what we are tackling and Laurel is strong and she is you know she has to meet their fire not just with fire but actually real consideration and thoughtfulness and strategy and it is really interesting to see Laurel grow into the leader that she becomes this season
1: you know we also have some other clips of Lieutenant Stamets and, and Tilly. they seem to be developing a closer relationship as as scientists and coworkers than we saw last season. Um, so Adele, now that we've looked through this entire trailer, what are you most looking forward to in Discovery's second season when it premieres January 17th?
0: Well, actually, there's a number of things. I'm really Is there? E- <laughs> I'm really excited.
1: I'm shocked that there's a number of things that you're interested in.
0: Okay. So... Uh, So, first of all, I'm wondering where's Dr. Culver? Yeah. Uh, We know he's supposed to return somehow and in some form, but he's not in any of the trailers released thus far.
1: None whatsoever.
0: I'm also um, interested in the relationship between Burnham and Spock. According to the showrunners, we're supposed to find out why Spock never mentions his adopted sister later in life. I'm anxious to hear that answer. And then uh, then Captain Pike. Now, none of the trailers reveal anything about Pike that you didn't already know. That is, that he's skilled, he's a caring uh, commander. So, I'm looking forward to learning more about his background. What makes him tick? Does he have any insecurities? Does he have any regrets? Then Saru... I can't wait to see how he is able to return to his planet. Does Starfleet sanction his return, or is it a rogue mission? Does he expect his sister to be alive? What is the what is the circumstance of their reunion? Is Kaminar, the Kelpian homeworld, somehow connected to the Red Angel mystery? Assuming we have correctly identified this, uh, the the uh, black inky looking. Uh, Alien as the Bilal, what is Saru's reaction when he first comes to face with this nemesis? And then finally, Mm -hmm. Gary, you know how much I enjoy that Burnham Tyler love story.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And I was glad to see them, you know, enjoying themselves in that trailer I'm sure you were. Um, Now, I don't know if this relationship will continue or if Tyler will even survive the season. However, If it does, uh, if this relationship does end this season, if it doesn't uh, progress, then I'm hopeful they will come to terms with their feelings for each other in a satisfying way.
1: Yeah, good for you.
0: Uh, And so, Gary, what are you looking forward
1: to? Well, you know, Adele, I am happy that you asked me this question. Because there's a few things I have on my Christmas list uh-huh. that I want from Star Trek Discovery. All
0: right, what are
1: they? Well, number one, I'm interested in the possibility of seeing the Boal. I mean, also finding out that how they have their control over the Kelpians and how it started, and what happens to Kelpians when they are taken by the Boal. You know what happens? I understand that, but here's what You're I'm on saying. No, no, no. Here's what, here, here's what I'm trying to get across. It's clear, Kelpians are a sentient. Species. They have consciousness. They know who and what they are. Mm-hmm. The Boal, who who can obviously see that, don't regard it as valuable, and they and and they still prey on them. So then, my question is: How do they justify? What kind of moral code did the Boal have that they can justify, mm-hmm. basically hunting down a sentient be a uh, civilization? and a species that's just inconscionable. You understand what right. I'm saying? Yeah. That's what I'm trying to get across. That's what I'm interested in seeing how that is presented to us. I'm also interested in in Pike in large part because, you know, he's been a mystery for more than 50 years with the little bit of information that we've gotten from him from either mentions in the series or in the well-known um failed pilot for the original pilot for the show we don't really have a whole lot of meat on the bones of that character and and i'm really excited about the opportunity to finally see who this man is who preceded james t kirk in the captain's chair on the enterprise Mm -hmm. then although we we didn't see any of her in the trailers the I'm also curious about how much Number One and the crew of the Enterprise will be a factor in the season. I'm real. I, I would. So
0: Number One is
1: Number One is being played by Rebecca Romaine, and she is the first officer for um, the uh, uh, under Pike on right. the Enterprise. Okay. Yeah, and so I'm really excited about that. I, I I think that that's a good casting choice, and I'd be interested to in see how they how she plays out throughout this season. I'm also looking forward to, the, to the, now this third interpretation of Spock, and I don't expect him to be like the other two, but I do expect him to convey some part of the identifiable core that is the character of Spock. So, and I'm intrigued by the addition of Giorgio. You know, is her presence in Section Thirty-One just an opportunity for her to flex her muscles or break rules? Or does she honestly want to assist the Federation in their mission, or is she just figuring out a way of trying to gain control? I mean, all of those questions kind of play into her being because all of those possibilities are available to how uh, to her character based on her personality. I'm even more curious than you are about how Culbert, Culbert is going to be presented in this in the season. His his absence from any of these trailers and no mention of how he reappears into the show throughout any of the interviews has been slightly frustrating I mean they've had him on the panels he's been there to talk but he has not really there's been no explanation as to how he is still involved in the series Mm -hmm. you know I just watched Despite Yourself the episode where he dies Mm -hmm. recently and you know his death scene still gets to me yeah And finally, I want to know what course Burnham will take this season. I mean, we've seen a lot of her in the action scenes and engaging with a whole host of characters. But I'm really concerned about the arc that she goes on. Last season, she went from Rising Star to Mutineer to Savior of the Federation back to reinstated Starfleet officer, which... Over the course of 15 episodes, is quite a journey. There really wasn't a lot of time to take a moment and pause and reflect on any of that. And so I'm I'm hoping that there's an opportunity for her to deal with that. There's a lot. That's a lot to process. Um, the trailers and uh, both this trailer and the earlier ones seem to show her that she's going to have a lot of on her plate. We see her going off a quest for her brother Spock. Um, being involved in the mystery of the Red Angels and its impact on her. But we've also seen her appear to be quite prominent in Saru's return to Kaminar. So I'm um, giving him moral support and whatnot. So the, how all that's going to play out is going to be interesting to me. Yeah. But as I've said before, I'm always down for anything that expands my knowledge and love of Star Trek universe. So I'm excited about all the possibilities.
0: Well, I'd say we're both excited yes. about the premiere of the second season of Star Trek Discovery.
1: I know, just just a month away now.
0: Yeah, yeah. So on Thursday, uh, January 17th. However, there's still one more Short Trek episode to air before that time. It's a Harry Mudd episode entitled The, the Escape Artist. Directed and starring Rain Wilson... The episode will pre- will premiere on Thursday, january third. So we'll be back with a review of that episode, as well as a look ahead of the Discovery Season 2 premiere.
1: So in closing, until we return, like, subscribe and follow Star Trek Age of Discovery on Twitter at Star Trek AOD, Facebook at Facebook.com slash Star Trek AOD. At our website, StarTrekAOD.net, where you'll find other additional articles on Star Trek and interesting sidebar issues and other aspects of the show. Also, email the show at Star Trek AOD at gmail.com. But until then,
0: live long and prosper.